we emphasize on five aspects which have helped us to develop and improve our relationship with God. Prayer. Worship. The word, fellowship, and outreach. And so everything that we do revolves around prayer or worship or the word or fellowship or outreach or a combination of all of them because we have found that lives are changed through improving your relationship with God. This morning, I want to give God praise for another week. Thank God again for another week to serve as your, your pastor. Once I learned that I cannot change anybody's life, and that I'm simply a sower of the word, being a pastor has improved. Initially, I was trying to do the work of the Holy Spirit, to try to change lives, but let the Holy Spirit do His work, and let us do our work. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The great I am was so marvelous this morning, and I want to thank the worship team and the band for leading us in that direction, because that is what the gospel according to St. John, which is the book of the month, is all about. The great I am. The great I am. There are seven powerful statements made by Jesus concerning I am that are all recorded in the gospel according to St. John, but they are not recorded in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. So therefore, it is a distinguishing characteristic of the book, the gospel according to John, to have these great I am's. While these great I am's are not recorded in the other gospels, these seven profound declarations, the story that we are looking at this morning is, and it is recorded right across the board in the Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. And so for a few moments today, I just want you to go with me to John's Gospel, chapter 6. Our scripture reading was already taken from that section. John's Gospel, chapter 6. And I, I want you to go back there with me. And as you turn to John's Gospel, chapter 6, we are going to be chasing in John's Gospel, chapter 6, the answers to four specific questions. Four specific questions. The answers are given in John's Gospel, chapter 6. The reason why we are chasing these four specific questions is because we have observed that by able to being able to answer these questions, 
and to allow the Holy Spirit to apply the answers to our lives, our, our relationship with God can significantly improve. And we can experience Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all this coming week, changed lives. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence. We walk softly and humbly as we try to explain your word. We are cognizant of the fact that you said, let not too many try to be teachers because teachers will be judged with a greater judgment because people listen and they follow what is said by the teacher. And so, Lord, we bow in humility before you and I ask, Lord, to help us to get it right. Help us to get it right. Help this congregation to leave here determined to have a closer relationship with Jesus and discussing these four questions and the answers and the relevance of the answers to their lives and not discussing Pastor Mike. Because, Lord, Pastor Mike can't change nobody. But, Lord, you can change everybody. And so open our eyes, open our understanding, move any distraction or, dis or any competing thought, anything that is trying to keep our minds occupied and distracted from the Word of God. Holy Spirit, have your way and brood over this congregation the way you brood over creation and change all of us today. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. The first question that we're going to chase this morning and try to answer is, do you know that you can be seeking Jesus for the right or wrong reason? Do you know that you can be seeking Jesus for the right or wrong reason? The second question that we're going to chase this morning is, do you know that Jesus used the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 in order to teach a very important lesson about life? Do you know that Jesus used the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 in order to teach a very important lesson about life? The third question that we are going to chase this morning is going to be, do you know that to limit Jesus to the miraculous provision of material things is to fail to understand the main reason for his incarnation? Do you know that to limit Jesus to the miraculous provision of material things is to fail to understand the main reason for his incarnation? And the final question that we're going to chase this morning is this. Do you know what Jesus really meant when he declared, I am, I am the bread of life? He didn't stutter. He really meant what he said. I am, I am the bread of life. Many versions 
have thought it not necessary to repeat the I am when they have simply put I am the bread of life. In the original, he said, I am, I am. He wasn't stuttering. That was a significant statement that he made. I am, I am the bread of life. Let us jump into the answers. Now, you might have noticed that I said we will chase these answers. From time to time, my wife will come to talk to me and I'll tell her not now, I'm chasing a thought. She'll look at me and say, I hope you catch it. You all leaving too? Today is your last day at Trinity. It ain't about free food and signs. It's about relationship with Jesus. Where does this lesson find us today? At the end of the first question. What is your relationship with God like? And are you one of the crowd? Looking for signs and looking for free food and looking for material things and trying to manipulate Jesus? Or are you one of developing a relationship with God knowing that God said, Jesus said, if you being evil know how to take care of your children, how much more will your heavenly father take care of those who love him? In other words, don't come seeking the pocket. Come seeking the heart. And once you have the heart, you will have the pockets. No wonder in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it says that we may grow in grace and the knowledge of our God. We want to know him more. Philippians 3, 7 and 10. That I may know him. Let's pursue now the second question. So we saw that, yes, based on John's gospel chapter 6, people can be seeking Jesus for right reasons, wrong reasons. What reason are you seeking Jesus today? Second question. Do you know that Jesus used the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 in order to teach a very important lesson about life? To teach a very important lesson about life. John's Gospel, chapter 6. And Jesus went up onto a mountain, verse 3. And Jesus went up onto a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples, and the crowds were in front of him. Now the Passover feast of the Jews was near. Wow. Stick a pin there. Everybody take a note of that. The Passover was near. Stop right there and take a note. Why do you take a note at this point? This is the second reference in the book of John to a Passover being near. How many years did Jesus attend the Passover as public ministry? Three. How many? Three. 
His last Passover was towards His crucifixion. That's the third. Therefore, if you go back in John's Gospel, come, come with me, come with me, come with me. You, you like to see things. I know you like to see things. John's Gospel, chapter 2. John's Gospel, chapter 2. Verse 13. This is the first year of Jesus' public ministry. And this is the Passover here. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. That was in the first year of Jesus' public ministry. Come on down to chapter 6 and verse 4. Now the Passover of peace was near. This is the second year of Jesus' public ministry. It therefore means that there is another Passover that is mentioned. John's Gospel, chapter 13. John's Gospel, chapter 13. And verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from this world. That's the third and final Passover in Jesus' public ministry. Three Passovers in Jesus' public ministry. It therefore means by logical deduction that the feeding of this 5, men, these 5,000 men plus women and children took place about a year before his crucifixion. So for those of a historical bent and interest, we can now pursue that line. Time does not facilitate for us to pursue it in this format this morning. Verse 5. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Stop right away. Why Philip? Philip was from Bethsaida. Where was Bethsaida? Bethsaida was the nearest town to where they were. In other words, if you're holding something in St. Philip, you have every right to ask me where we're going to buy bread from. I should know where to buy bread in St. Philip. But if you're holding it in St. Lucy, don't ask me where to buy bread. So, you see, the Bible makes sense once you read it in context. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Some of you are looking at me like, Pastor, you're making up this stuff. Come with me to John's Gospel, chapter 1. It ain't hard to find, you know. It just sit down and study your word. You'll find it. Go with me to John's Gospel, chapter 1. John's Gospel, chapter 1. Pick up the reading of verse 43. If you got it, say, yeah. 
The following day, John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from... Philip was from... Philip was from... Bethsaida. Where were they near in the feeding of the thousand, five thousand? The nearest town to them was Bethsaida. That's why he asked Philip, you know anywhere plus, you know any place wrong here that we were saying enough bread for these people? That is what he did. You know any place wrong here we sell enough bread to feed all these people? That's why he sell Philip. In other words, God is an awesome God. And God has everybody in this house for a reason. And the reason you in this house is a different reason why I in this house. But we are all in this house for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And the minute that we grasp that, then everything can go forward. But I think that Pentecostal Bible schools miss it. When they give everybody coming through Bible school the impression that the only way to be in ministry is behind a pulpit and behind a microphone. And everybody leaves it wanting to become a senior pastor somewhere. They miss it. Philip was from Bethsaida. They were near Bethsaida. It was the nearest town. All right? We're holding this at King George V Park. I from St. Philip. And we can go six road and buy bread. Everybody understands now? Good. That's why they take too long to get past one verse. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them might just have a bite. What? Philip can do communion with this multitude. And Philip is saying, one little bite. For each one of these people, I need 200 days' wages. Now, if the year has in 365 days, and if they work five days a week, you see how many months of work you got to raise the money to buy the bread. In other words, Philip, done. Why is he finished? This is an impossible situation. Lord, you see the crowd? You know how much money it would take to buy bread to feed these people? When I heard, when I read this, the Lord rebuked me. Because when we look at Hanson Hill, my first question can be, Lord, how much money you know it can be to fix this? I sound like Philip. Lord, it can be done in your name. We do it your way, Lord. Do it your way, Lord. I told you of the example where I didn't have any money. 
and someone went away and left a vehicle, brand new vehicle, and an extra check for me to go to work with. I needed transportation. I was looking for money to buy gas to put in my vehicle. Instead, the Lord sent another vehicle full of gas and a check written to the gas station. What I really needed was what? Transportation. Sometimes we try to put money as a stumbling block in front of God to achieve what God wants to achieve. Oh man, that's a word for somebody here today. You're going trying to go forward. And all you are seeing going forward is a dollar sign. And that dollar sign has paralyzed you like a deer in the headlamps. Where is your faith? So Philip demonstrated that I need money. And I need a whopper of money that I ain't got. I need 200 days of work. Wages. To even have enough to feed these people like a communion. But hold a second. Did these people get fed like a communion? If you read the story. No. It said they ate and they were filled and they were leftovers that filled 12 baskets. We ain't even get to that yet. But let's go ahead. Chapter 6. Continuing on down. Among the people close to you will always be people with different points of view. There are going to be those who are going to tell you why you can't do it. And there are going to be those who are going to tell you why you can do it. And then there are going to be those who going to tell you, I ain't know what you could do, but this is what we got. Three types of persons are always close by. Some want to tell you you can't do it. Some want to tell you you can do it. And some want to tell you, I ain't know what you're going to do with this. But you can start. You have to select which group you're going to work with. Where do we get that? John's Gospel, chapter 6. Because while Philip was talking about he ain't know where you're going to get money from to feed all these people, Andrew was working the crowd. And Andrew found a guy who had five loaves and two fishes. Andrew said, I got something to work with. I can take this guy and these loaves to Jesus and my part done. Let's see now what Jesus can do with this. So, Andrew, Philip is there saying, Lord, we, we ain't got no money. Andrew comes up. Philip stopped talking. Andrew has brought a boy. Philip didn't even look. You can have some people close to you who don't even look. The first thing they'll tell you is no. It costs too much. Andrew was looking though, and he found the boy. And he brought the boy to Jesus. Now he said, I am not the miracle worker. He is. Let me go from here. And the Lord put them to sit. They were obedient. They sat in groups. It says there were 5,000 men plus women and children. And then they gathered up. They were fragments. That's a whole sermon by itself. All right. The disciples leave and they go back across the lake. Jesus went up into the mountain. 
It's the next morning. That's where the reading started today. The crowd is looking for him. For what reason? Because chapter 6 and verse 26, you're looking for me because you ate of the laws and were filled. So Jesus is now going to tell them that it wasn't about the bread and the feed in the crowds. There is more going on here than this. You see, Jesus rebuked them for their materialistic motivation and their lack of spiritual perception as to what was happening. Remember, man shall not live by bread alone. And then he's going to go on now and say, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth, I tell you the truth. Come, come with me, come with me to chapter 6 verse 26. I tell you the truth. Chapter 6, verse 32. I tell you the truth. Chapter 6, verse 47. I tell you the truth. Chapter 6, verse 53. I tell you the truth. In other words, I want you to get something. What is it he wanted them to get? Chapter 6, verse 30. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform? Then that we may see it and believe you. They want a sign. Why do you want a sign to believe? Go to verse 29. Jesus answered them and said, This is the work of God that you may believe in him whom he sent. In other words, the reason for the feeding is not the be all and end all. The reason for the feeding is to teach you a bigger lesson about life. As I was pondering this, I could not help but write this note. The mindset of the crowd was, we want to see something. While the mindset of Jesus was, you need to learn something. Wow. The mindset of the crowd was, we need to see something. Well, the mindset of Jesus was, you need to learn something. Because the Great Commission tells us what? Go back to, go, go back to Matthew chapter 28 and let's look at the Great Commission for a while. Matthew chapter 28. Let's pick up at verse 19 in the interest of time. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Everybody got verse 20? What it says? Teaching them. Jesus wanted his people to learn. But are we ready to learn? Are we teachable Christians? Or because we know John 3, 16 and two other scriptures, we feel we know the whole book and nobody can tell us anything else. Look at chapter 6, John's gospel, and verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son 
and believes in him may have eternal life. That is what Jesus was trying to get them to understand. This bread is physical. I'm using a physical illustration to show you that the same way you eat bread and it goes into your system and to nourish your body and to give you physical life. I am here from heaven to give you spiritual life in this life and life to come. And you have to eat me. In other words, allow me to get on the inside. Woo! Do you remember what he said to the churches in the book of Revelation? He that has an ear to hear, let them hear. Why? I want you to learn something. I want you to be teachable. Stop running around behind signs and learn who Jesus really is. Third question. Do you know that to limit Jesus to the miraculous provision of material things is to fail to understand the main reason for his incarnation? Yes. The main reason for his incarnation is not to provide the financial and material needs of his followers. I am come that they might have what? Life. And have it what? More abundantly. And once you start limiting Jesus to just material things, you fail to understand that he is bigger than that. Yes, he can make bread without a bakery. But he is much bigger than that. He can make wine without a refinery. But he is much bigger than that. He can heal without surgery. But he is much bigger than that. He can open blind eyes, deaf ears, raise the dead, walk on water, still the storms. But he is much bigger than that. And you and I, we have got to grasp the fact that we are dealing with a Jesus that is much bigger than providing physical, and material provisions. There's so much that could be said there. John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 27. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. That is why I'm here, for everlasting life. 34. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that have, uh, have seen me, and yet you do not believe. You are seeking me for signs. You are seeking me for material provision. You are not seeking me to get to know me. And verse 40, as I just mentioned, and this is the will of him who sent me, 
that everyone who has seen the Son believes in Him and have eternal life. Last question. Question number four. Do you know what Jesus really meant when He declared, I am, I am the bread of life? No, He was not stuttering. He was deliberately repeating Himself. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. God identifies himself to Moses. Moses asks the Lord, When I go to these people in Egypt, and I say, The Lord has sent me. Who do I say sent me? The Lord looked at him and said, Tell them I am that I am. In other words, if you check the original Tell them, I am, I am. And then he goes on to the next verse and says, Tell them the I am sent you. In the original, two different expressions are used for the first I am and the second I am. But we're not going into that this morning. But the same two Expressions that I use in John's Gospel chapter 6 are the same two expressions used in Exodus chapter 3. I am, I am, the I am. Wow. Now if you look at John's Gospel chapter 6, he was clearly identifying that he was God. I am, I am, I am the great I am. But look at a few things. Go with me to verse 41. The Jews murmured among themselves. Let me change the word murmured. And let's use a very one that we can understand, grumble. The Jews were grumbling. And calling brass tacks. Because he said, I am the bread who came down from heaven. Then they said to Jesus, verse 42. Then they said to Jesus, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know, how is it that he says that I have come down from heaven? Now you know the story where Nazareth was. Nazareth was a small, to use parlance, God forsaken little country business. And the Messiah was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. But they were so religiously blind, although they were the ecclesiastical leaders, that they didn't understand that this Jesus was the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. But all they could see is that he was a carpenter's son from Nazareth. Sometimes you could be really blind, you know. Real, real, real blind. Now, I found it necessary to get into this 
argument or grumbling or murmuring or whatever you call it. And look at it for a little while. These people said Jesus was from Nazareth. Jesus never said he came from Nazareth. So there was a divide right away. Come, 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 come with me. 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 Quickly, quickly, quickly. John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 33. For the bread of God is he who what? Comes down from what? Heaven. And gives what? Life to the world. What is my main objective of trying to teach you guys? So that you can have life. It is all about life giving. In other words, he went on to say, I am the living bread. But anyhow, continue. 38, 38, 38. For I have come down from where? Heaven. 41, 41, 41. They're murmuring, how could he come down from heaven and blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay. 40, 50, 50, 50, 50. This is the bread which comes down from where? Heaven. The one that one may eat it and not die in order to live. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. They got all not up and tied up over he is from Nazareth. Not fully realizing that he was saying to them. I am from heaven. I am from heaven. I am from heaven. I am from heaven. Let me close this quickly. I'm going to ask you the question. Look at verse 63. 63. But before we get to 63, I know I'm rushing a little bit. Go to 62. What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? He told them repeatedly, I came from heaven. And then he told them, hey, look, you're going to see me going back. What are you going to do when you look and see me going back up? 63. Out of this whole story of feeding these 5,000 plus, don't miss this. This is the grand crescendo of his lesson. The main point of his lesson. 663. It is the Spirit who gives life. The Holy Spirit. The flesh Prophets, nothing. In other words, you and me, we can't give each other life. But the Holy Spirit can. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it what? More abundantly. So let me bring this to a, a close by going over these Four questions real quickly. And I'm going to ask you, where are you on each one of these? Question number one. 
Do you know that you can be seeking Jesus for the right or wrong reason? Yes. And where does this lesson find you today? Are you seeking Jesus for the right reason or for the wrong reason? What is the right reason to have a closer relationship with him? What is the wrong reason to try to manipulate him to just provide things? Do you know that Jesus used the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 in order to teach a very important lesson about life? Yes. Matter of fact, he rebuked their materialistic motivation and called to their attention the fact that it was about life that he was teaching them, not bread. Do you know that to limit Jesus to the miraculous provision of material things is to fail to understand his main reason for his incarnation? Yes. The main reason why he came is not to provide us with material things. He came that he might provide us with life and life more abundantly. For this reason, he came into the world. His primary reason. Do you know what Jesus really meant when he declared, I am, I am the bread? Yes, that he is God, that he came from heaven, and that you have to internalize him like how you eat bread. And make him into your system, get him into your daily system to be able to become all that you should become in this world. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege to have taken the month of April to look at the gospel according to John. Lord, there are so many things in the gospel according to John, but one of the distinguishing characteristics of John is that it deals with the great I am's, the declarations of Jesus. And Lord, last week we were able to look at I am the door, I am the shepherd, I am the Messiah. And today we he looked at, Lord, I am the bread, the bread of life, the living bread, the bread that has come down from heaven. Lord, I ask that you touch me, touch everyone who listened to this lesson today, that we'll ask ourselves, where, what is the relevance of that to our lives? And realize, Lord, that it is relevant in every aspect. And that we should seek you for the right reasons. That we should understand that there is a bigger picture here than material things. And that we see you as God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I ask for your blessing now on everyone listening. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.